The Vaz, the podcast for South Asian women. We talk about health issues that apply to South Asian women, women in general, and information that our families can use. I'm Roop, your host, and today we're joined with our regular hosts, Dr. Madhu, Dr. Jeethi, and Dr. Nav. And guess what we're talking about today? Something that it might be a little hard to digest, but we hope you'll absorb it all. It's colon cancer. Um, colon cancer, the colon produces poop. Some of you may know poop as another name. Poo? Dirty. Motion. Toilet. Number two. Stool? Did we say stool? Feces. Oh. It, it's kind of funny. There's so many <laughs> slang words for bowel movements that we often use them interchangeably, but depending on which company we're in, whether we're in a sort of a medical environment with your doctor or whether you're talking with your friends. So I think it makes us uncomfortable. So let's make the uncomfortable comfortable. Let's talk about screening for colon cancer, which, you know, isn't discussed enough in any community, not just South Asians, even though colon cancer is becoming increasingly diagnosed. Let's get serious and talk about what is colon cancer screening. And in particular, let's start with what is the colon? What part of the body is it? Dr. Madhu? The colon, or in Punjabi we call it antriya, it is the longest part of the large intestine, or bowel. It receives almost completely digested food from the small intestine, absorbs water and nutrients, and passes waste or stool to the rectum. So how common is colon cancer then? So as you uh, referred to at the beginning in the introduction of this podcast, it's actually fairly common. And in fact, in Canada, it's the third most commonly diagnosed after lung cancer, which is number one, and breast cancer, which is number two. And if you go further and you talk about deaths from cancer, in men, it's the second leading cause of death. And in women, it's the third leading cause of death from cancer. And the important thing to note here is that in the early stages, there are often no symptoms, which is why, as with other types of cancer that we've discussed previously, screening is so important. So if you uh, think about how colon cancer screening works and why we are talking about it today, it's because what screening does, it, it both prevents colon cancer by finding and removing these precancerous lesions called polyps before they turn into cancer, or it can actually screen and find cancers early. Um, going back to polyps, these are small growths that can develop in the bowel or the colon or rectum, um, often with no symptoms in the early stages. So it takes about five to 10 years for these polyps to fully develop into cancer. Now, is a polyp something that you could, your body could form and it would be harmless, benign, or would it eventually become cancerous? That's a great question, and many polyps do remain benign or non-cancerous. So what we're looking for is to find the ones that we're, that look a little bit different, that when you look at them under a microscope at the cells, they're like, hmm, these are not quite normal uh, colon or rectal polyp tissue. So that's that's a polyp or a precancerous lesion. Okay, and what screening does, it helps find this cancer early, and obviously the earlier you find a cancer or a potential cancer, the more treatment options there are. Exactly. Okay. Um, Dr. Jiti, so how do we screen for colon cancer? Because it's, you know, it's, you can't do, as we talked about breast cancer, you might be able to do a self-breast exam or you might be able to get a mammogram, but the colon is inside of you. How do we screen for that? As uh, Dr. Nav was saying, often there's no symptoms in the early stages, and the only way you can detect it is there may be microscopic amounts of blood in the stool. And the test that has been developed for screening 
can pick up on these small amounts of blood in the stool. And that test is called the FIT test. Uh, the other name for it is fecal immunochemical test. And, uh, and that's um, abbreviated as FIT, F-I-T. Uh, when uh, performed in British Columbia, the FIT test has approximately a 90% test sensitivity for cancer. What does that mean? It means that 90% of patients who have colon cancer will test positive with this FIT test. Remember, no screening test is 100%, but 90% is pretty good. Um, the, the bonus of the FIT test is it doesn't need to be done in the doctor's office. It can be done in the comfort of your own home. However, you do need to see your healthcare provider to get an order form for a FIT test. The FIT test is free um, as long as you meet the eligibility criteria for screening. You take the form to your lab and you pick up the FIT kit. Um, now there's no risks in taking a FIT. Um, you don't need any dietary or medication restrictions. You do the test according to the instructions that are provided in the kit. And the instructions are fairly detailed with pictures and are available in different languages, including Punjabi. And we will include the Punjabi translation in our show notes. After you've collected the stool and um, performed the FIT test, the sample needs to be submitted to the lab within seven days of taking the test. And there are some storage instructions that are provided in the kit on keeping um, the sample cool. Um, once that test has been submitted, uh, the results will be sent to your healthcare provider who will arrange all necessary follow-up. Depending on where you live, this result may also be available online. Usually you're not notified if your FIT test comes back normal. So who should be getting the colon screening? Is there an age demographic? What's recommended is generally anyone between the ages of 50 to 74 with no symptoms should get screened with FIT every two years. If you have symptoms, you do not want to be doing the FIT test. You need to talk to your healthcare provider who will then assess what tests are more appropriate for you at that time. Um, so routine FIT screening happens every two years. You don't need to do it any sooner. Should you develop any other um, problems or symptoms, talk to your healthcare provider uh, about them. If you've had a normal colonoscopy within 10 years or a normal CT colonography within 10 years, sorry, within five years, then you don't need um, a routine FIT screening as well. So it's not recommended for those people. But for anyone who has no symptoms, generally ages 50 to 74 every two years. Now ages 75 to 84, you really have to assess the patient's risk of colorectal cancer and the risk of colonoscopy within the context of their overall health. Every patient is, a, is an individual approach. At ages 85 or over, we do not recommend routine fit screening. I find that when patients come to my office, there is an awareness about you know breast cancer and pap tests, but really not an awareness about the fit test. I personally try to look at the age group of whoever's coming and try to see, oh, do they have a fit test or not? Sometimes that can get quite overwhelming as a physician to juggle the, every, all the health issues in one visit. So I think it's really important that we talk about this so patients can advocate for themselves when they're 50 and over to get a fit test every two years if they have no symptoms.
Dr. Madhu just talked about those who are at low risk, but who is at high risk? Could you explain, Dr. Nev? Yeah, so as I was mentioning before, the reason we do these um, fit tests and the reason we do the screening is to look for both precancerous lesions and cancer. And so for those people who already have a history of potentially high risk lesions or polyps that could be precancerous, instead of getting just a screening fit, they should be having a colonoscopy. So as we had talked about earlier, um, screening for colon cancer involves also looking for some of those high-risk precancerous lesions that we talked about called polyps. So if you have a history of these types of precancerous polyps, then instead of getting a fit screening test, you may be more um, likely to go and see a specialist to get your healthcare provider to send you to a specialist. Same thing if you've already had a history of colon cancer in the past and now you've got um, other high, that makes you high risk. So then you would also have your specialist follow you up rather than doing routine fit screening. And finally, if you have a condition called inflammatory bowel disease, um, and some people may recognize this as a condition called Crohn's or ulcerative colitis, that's inflammatory bowel disease. And also for those people, routine fit testing and screening is not recommended. And instead, they should get a specialist follow-up to see if they have other testing that they need to have done. So those are um, some of the people that we would consider high risk that shouldn't be getting just a screening fit test. In addition to that, let's talk a little bit more about a family history of colorectal cancer. So if you have a first degree relative, that is a parent or a child or a brother or sister who had colon cancer diagnosed before the age of 60, or if you have two or more first degree relatives who are diagnosed with colon cancer at any age, again, you would not be getting routine fit screening. You would be seeing your doctor to get referred to a specialist and probably getting a colonoscopy every five years. And when does their colonoscopy start? Well, people who are at higher risk, we actually refer them for colonoscopy 10 years younger than the age that their first degree relative was first diagnosed at or at age 40, whichever comes first. Uh, A question, I don't know if any of you would be able to answer this, but at what age uh, is someone likely to get colon cancer? The median age for colon cancer is 50 years. However, even though we commonly think of it as a cancer of middle age, for reasons that haven't yet been fully clarified, it's becoming more common at younger ages. And I have seen patients as young as their 20s getting colon cancer. And it might reflect something in our environment or in our diet, um, but it is becoming more common. So if you are having symptoms of colon cancer, which we'll talk about a little bit later, it is important that you just don't shrug them off because you're not 50 yet. You should talk to your healthcare provider about these symptoms because they could be the first sign of a bigger problem. The first time I had heard of anybody having colon cancer was when a neighbor of mine with two young children under the age of five um, developed colon cancer in her early 30s. She died, you know, probably within sort of six to nine months after diagnosis. Um, and and her husband after was saying that you know she was having difficulty passing stool but they didn't think much of it and so by the time they had done all of the tests um, there was no treatment left for her so it's a very scary type of cancer to have because as you said there are no real symptoms Um, so that's the importance of uh, knowing if you are at high risk 
or of getting the fit test once you turn 50. Think of it as your 50th birthday present. And Rupi, you bring up a good point. Um, not only do we have to educate people about getting the screening test, we often have to educate doctors as well mm -hmm. to look for this or to consider this in their differential diagnosis when they're seeing someone with symptoms that could be related to a colon cancer, not to dis just discount it because the person is too young mm -hmm. to have colon cancer. Mm -hmm. Good point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we all have friends and patients actually that have had cancer of the bowel long before the age of 50. Like 30s is common, increasingly common as far as I know. And you said somebody in your 20s as well, right? I think the other thing that this comes back to with screening is that, or well, not screening, sorry. What this comes back to is being educated and advocating and being responsible for your health because you are going to know yourself the best. And sometimes you might have to go back to the healthcare professional a couple of times to stress how this is different and why it's different and why you think you might need more tests or investigations. Mm -hmm. And I think it go, it's very helpful if you're going into your doctor's office or you're visiting with your nurse practitioner and you've journaled what's different and, and, and what sort of some of the symptoms are so that you're not relying on memory but you actually have recorded it and, and can say this is the pattern or the non-pattern that I'm seeing. And that's a good point. And there's some people who don't even look at their stools. Just like we talked about at the beginning, it's, it's kind of a taboo subject. <laughs> it's like nobody wants to talk about their poop, or unless you're really old. Um, however, some people don't even look at it, and they're doing themselves a disservice by not being aware of what their normal is mm -hmm. and what you know blood could look like or what eating beets might look like. Or, <laughs> or having you know, hemorrhoids. That exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Or too many blueberries can also change the color. Yeah. Okay. Um, Dr. Jithi, so once you've done the fit test, what's done with the results? Um, how, how is this managed? And would a patient find out the results? If the fit test is normal or negative, which means that they haven't found any blood in the stool, then um, you won't routinely get notified by mail if your fit test is normal. However, in most places, you can access these results um, through an online portal or by contacting your healthcare provider. You will be contacted with a reminder letter in the mail when it is time to screen again, and usually you rescreen with the FIT in two years. However, the caveat here is you have to be registered as part of the colon cancer screening mm -hmm. program in order to get that reminder letter. And who does that registration, yourself as a patient or your physician? Your physician does that. So there's a specific tick box that they mm -hmm. have to fill out that um, requests the FIT test as part of the colon cancer screening yeah. program. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's still pretty archaic in that you get these results in the mail. So if you move, then you might not get the letter reminding so you. So what happens is, so this has happened uh, to patients, and what I do now, because I've seen it fall through the cracks, um, I will also get a letter through my EMR saying that, oh, so-and-so's fit test is due. And I have now started having the office call the patients and uh, tell them that your fit test is due and provide them with a requisition. So because I've found about in my own uh, non-scientific testing, 50% of the people aren't getting the letters. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if that is true, then it's also important. We all have smartphones. How hard is it to go into your calendar of your smartphone when, when you first submitted your test to put in there right away two years later, I'm due for another fit. 
this is part of taking responsibility and advocating for your health. It is, and a lot of people that I know, they'll make January the year that they catch up on all their screening tests or their birthday month, there are their natural reminders. Now, if the test is positive, meaning that there is blood detected in the stool, then usually the patient will receive those results in the mail within five to 10 business days of submitting their sample to the lab. Um, the screening program will then facilitate a referral for a colonoscopy. Um, now, colonoscopy sounds like a big scary word. Um, it's, it's just to explain it a little bit more so it's not so um, scary. Um, it's basically a flexible tube that has a miniature camera attached to it that allows a specialist to look at the inside lining of the colon uh, in order to make a diagnosis of why there might be bleeding in the stool. And during this procedure, if the polyp is small enough, um, they can also remove the polyp at the same time. And if there's something that looks more concerning, they can take a biopsy of it to um, tell if it's cancer or not. Now, in order to have a colonoscopy, you do need an oral bowel preparation, which is uh, taken the day before. And some people will require light sedation, but some people don't need any sedation during the procedure. But if you have sedation, you will need to have a ride to take you home. Um, so you do have to be prepared to have somebody drive you home if you do end up having a colonoscopy. Now, the important thing to remember is that just because you have a positive or abnormal fit, that doesn't necessarily mean you absolutely have cancer. It means that there's blood in the stool and they need to look into why there's blood in the stool. So if the colonoscopy um, comes back um, and doesn't show cancer, there may be an alternate explanation of why the fit test is positive and that's why follow-up care is so important because there are other causes of blood in the stool am i correct that's correct okay good to know um so as a patient if if you're having worrisome symptoms or if your doctor says you need further testing what should your next step be dr madhu well we're not going to do any screening tests if you have symptoms you're going to talk to your doctor and we're going to uh, figure out what we need to do next. Do we need to refer you to a specialist to do a colonoscopy, do a CT scan, but you will need further testing. And the symptoms that we can look for are um, sometimes on routine blood work, we might see anemia. Anemia is when your blood is dropping, your hemoglobin. And there can be a variety of reasons for that. Uh, in women, it can be uh, you're menstruating or because uh, you can still have your periods when you're 50. Uh, it could be you have a vegetarian diet or a vegan diet, you're not getting enough iron resources, but we have to figure out what those reasons are. Um, blood in the stools. So you could have hemorrhoids, you could have inflammatory bowel disease, but again, all of this needs to be further investigated. Um, if you have abdominal pain that we can't sort out, if you have a change in your bowel habits, meaning maybe the shape has changed, maybe they're more stringy or like ribbons or you're having uh, problems um, having a bowel movement. Um, one of the more sort of what I would consider more alarming sign would be if you have unexplained weight loss. So if all of a sudden your appetite's reduced significantly or you're losing weight, so we want to make sure 
that there's nothing going on in your intestines to create this problem. So anytime you have any sort of symptoms, and as Dr. GT, Dr. Nath have already said, you need to really listen to your body and advocate for yourself. Um, and your primary care provider generally will listen to what you have to say and you can work together to get to the bottom of it. Bottom of it? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, wondering if you guys would pick up on that. <laughs> I think there's been a few of those double entons as we've been speaking here. Um, so that's colon cancer screening. Uh, if, uh, you know, I would like to ask each of you if you have any closing remarks um, before we wrap up this podcast on colon cancer screening. Uh, I'll start. Um, I would say that if you are age 50 or over and you've never had your poop checked in a lab to screen for cancer, go get yourself tested right now. It'll be the best birthday gift you've ever given yourself. <laughs> But if you already have blood in your poop, or as Dr. Mother has suggested that you've got abnormal weight loss, or your doctor tells you you're anemic and you don't know why, that's the time to speak to your primary care provider because you'll need other tests instead. Colon cancer is common in both men and women, and South Asians are at risk. So just because you're a South Asian woman, that doesn't mean you're immune from colon cancer. Please go get screened starting at the age of 50. And I think what I would like to add is it's really important for patients to advocate for themselves. So like, you know, picking, as we said, a birthday month or the beginning of the year, just take care of your health. There are the screening tests are out there and work with your primary care provider to make sure that you're taking advantage of what's provided for you. And if you feel that you're not feeling well or you're a little off, as, as our doctors have mentioned, pursue it. We are so lucky to live in a country here in Canada where these sorts of tests are provided free of charge. Um, I see no reason why you should leave it up to chance to see whether this is something that's gonna affect you or not. And yeah, once again, I'm advocating for you to get your FIT test done if you're over the age of 50. Put it in your calendar so you don't forget when you're 52, 54 and onwards. Um, we are so grateful for all of you for listening to us. This is season two of the Avad Pod Bavaz podcast. We would like to remind you that we have our Instagram site, avaz underscore voice. Please DM us with suggestions for new topics. Comment what you thought of today's episode. Let us know if you've had your fit test. How was that experience? And a uh, reminder that we will be back again next week. So glad you could join us. Till next time. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. 